Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another edition of Office Hours by Castos. I'm the founder of Castos, Craig Hewitt, and on the line today, we have Denise Meckel from our marketing group. Hi, Denise. Hi, Ron. So for those of you who are just coming in, if you could do two things. First, uh, say hi in the chat. So just uh, drop in and say hi and where you are in the world today, where you're calling in from, if you will, in the radio parlance. And after you've said hi in the chat, if you could scroll down on your screen, if you're on your computer, to the, the poll we have here, because we're going to be talking about audience growth today. If you could say what has been kind of the most successful thing for you and grow in your podcast audience. Hi, Eileen. Wonderful, Eileen. I think most, uh, a lot of our customers have chatted with Eileen. Robin and Rob, awesome. Thanks for popping in. We're going to give another couple of minutes until a few minutes after the hour. Yeah, and today we'll be talking kind of all about growing your audience. I'll be talking for about 10 or 15 minutes, similar format to what we had last week for those who were on our office hours webinar last week. And then the rest of the time will be reserved for question and answer. So if you have questions, also, if you scroll down on your screen there in the webinar platform, there's a place for questions, pop your questions in there. And after we get done with the kind of presentation part of things, we will tackle the questions as we go. Hey, Jeff, Jeff from Austin, wonderful place. Welcome Horns. So if folks haven't already or are having trouble kind of finding it, if you could scroll down after you come in and say hi on the chat and where you're kind of coming in from, scroll down and respond with the what has been the most successful kind of tactic or strategy at growing your podcast audience, um, just to get an idea of kind of what, what's been working for folks. This is, as we'll talk about, this is something that doesn't have an answer, a single answer. There's a lot of answers and it depends on a lot of things, but we'd love to hear kind of what's been working for folks thus far. <laughs> That's our mascot, my dog, barking. Thank you. <laughs> Rob, complete newbie, no worries. Uh, we will talk all about getting started. So no worries. You're in the right place. That's what Office Hour is all about. Charlie, Charlie, the dog is stressing me out here, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, we'll give it another couple minutes till folks get in and get settled. If you're just coming in here towards the time we're getting started, if you could pop in and say, hey, in the chat where you're kind of where you are in the world right now. And if you could answer our poll question, which is what's been the most successful thing you've done to grow your podcast audience, these are kind of just general categories. And we'll be talking about this as kind of our main topic for 10 or 15 minutes, and then we will go into your questions and answers. Okay, so we'll go ahead and get started. Once again, welcome to, to Podcast Office Hours. I'm the founder of Castos, Craig Hewitt, along with Denise from our marketing group. And we're going to be chatting through like 10 or 15 minutes of uh, some content around some tactics that we can all use to grow our podcast audience. And then we're going to take your questions. So if you have questions, you can go ahead and pop them in the question queue down below. Uh, so just scroll down on your screen here to the questions area and ask away. Uh, and we'll get to those in about 10 or 15 minutes. So the agenda for today, like I said, is, is that we're going we're gonna to cover a bit of content about some ways that we can think about growing our audience. Hopefully some of these are new to everyone um, and things you haven't tried yet and that you can go out and experiment with. And then we'll go into the Q&A section. So we have nine tactics that I really think can and may apply to, to both beginners and to seasoned pros. The way that kind of growth 
works in a lot of ways, whether it's a podcast or a business or, or whatever, is, is you, you do one thing and that goes really well. And then you get to a point where you plateau and so you got to try something new. Uh, and so that's why we have nine different things that, you know, maybe you've done a lot of social media work and that that got you to a point. You have a thousand or five thousand or ten thousand listeners per episode, but but you haven't grown much uh, and, and, you know, recent past. And so you might be tried to time to, to spice things up and try something new. So um, we alluded this alluded to this as we were kind of getting started is there is not an answer uh, that I will give today and there's not a silver bullet. Uh, there's not a single thing that I will tell you that that will magically transform your podcast and make it super successful and you'll be you know Tim Ferriss or something like that. Um, there are things that that will work more uh, effectively for you based on kind of where you're coming from and what you already have going. Um, and so hopefully as we talk through these strategies and when they're effective, you'll say, yep, that one's for me or this one's for me. And, oh, this one's definitely not for me. Um, but just a fair disclaimer here is we, we have no, there's no magic <laughs> that we're selling here, but just uh, some ideas to try. All right. So let's dive into the nine tactics that any podcaster can use to grow their audience. The first one is networking. I put this one first because in a way it's like the most obvious, but in a way it's maybe the most overlooked, particularly in the business setting. Um, so for those who are, are out there, you know, podcasting for a business, you might say, who is going to listen to my podcast about my pool cleaning service? Um, and the answer is probably not a lot of people, right? Well, what this could be a really interesting opportunity for is for you to network with people who are in your space and maybe thought leaders that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. Um, so this is a, a, a reason that we really like podcasting for business is because you can invite these people onto your podcast and use it as an opportunity to, to network with them. And then in return, they will then uh, turn around, have you on their show, and then you'll be able to leverage their audience. Similarly, if you're not using it as like a direct network business networking opportunity, guest appearing on other podcasts is not just specific to podcasting, but just for general marketing is like the hands down best way and use of your time to grow your audience and get exposure outside of the world kind of that you live in because it leverages other people's audience. So if you go on someone else's podcast and they have 5,000 listeners, you know, most of those 5,000 listeners might be people that have never heard of you before. And after you go on this other podcast, they're going to be saying, well, you know, I got to go check out Craig or, oh, Denise's podcast episode on this other show I listened to is great. I got to go check out what they're all about. And, and something that is really effective with a networking approach is to always ask for more introductions to other shows or other people or other ways that you can get out there and share your, uh, your message. The second one is something that you can you can kind of do up front and in a lot of in a lot of ways, maybe just kind of set it and leave it. But but is really important, especially for beginners. I know we had some beginners just getting started is to optimize like the SEO characteristics of your podcast. So a lot of people say like a big problem with podcasting or a challenge is discoverability. Um, and it really doesn't have to be. There's some really basic things you can do to set your podcast up for success so that people can find you in platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher. And the one that I think some people overlook is to, to be strategic about the categories that your podcasts are listed in. So for Apple Podcasts specifically, you can have three different combinations of parent and child categories. And what we really coach people to, to do is to, to sign up and, and assign your podcast to very different parent and child categories so that you're, you're getting exposed to people that are looking in really different parts of, of the ecosystem there. Um, so if you haven't done that already, or if you're on a platform like SoundCloud that only allows for one category for your podcast to be assigned to, um, 
get a different host <laughs> because that's really like leaving a lot on the table. Earlier this year, maybe like April or May of 2019, Apple released some guidance around avoiding you know, keyword stuffing, putting a lot of extraneous keywords into your podcast, title, description, and author fields. People were doing this uh, for a couple of years, and it was a pretty easy win to get some SEO, some pretty easy SEO wins. And Apple realized this and said, okay, if you do this, we might delist your podcast. So don't go overboard with keyword stuffing, uh, particularly the title and the author fields, but you can have some of these strategic keywords in there, and it just helps people find your podcast more easily. And, and then I think at a certain point, it, it might be worth considering if renaming your podcast is is worthwhile. You know, if you had a really kind of esoteric name for your podcast to begin with, and it's not very descriptive, you might not be getting a lot of natural organic SEO traffic from for your podcast through directories like Apple Podcasts. And so it might be time to consider renaming if that was the case. Joining podcast communities, I think, is is the coolest way to to really get started and a great way to to meet other podcasters we have a podcast group in facebook called podcast hackers so if you're not already a part of that head over to facebook and just google podcast hackers and join there there's a lot of discussion around how to get started how to grow your audience how to monetize things like that and the spirit there really is to learn together um so we're in there our team is in there talking about things but but also everyone else is in there kind of throwing ideas around and sharing what they're learning and what's maybe not working uh, with their podcast. I have in here when appropriate to share your content because there are times when it's appropriate to share your content, but this is not a place to just spam the group about every episode that goes out. Um, in our group, those people will get removed pretty quickly um, because that's not what it's about. And, and then I think, you know, podcasting is a, a really cool medium, but, but it's kind of uh, a long game and, and can be challenging sometimes. Uh, and so I think it's important for us all to be inspired and motivated. And so communities like this help keep us engaged, help keep us creating content, trying new things to, to serve our audience better. Paid advertising is, I think, one of the, the most interesting things about audience acquisition that um, a lot of people have a lot of success with. Uh, and I think it's it's something that's not done a lot, which is why it's still really successful for a lot of people. But the idea here is basically you can run ads on something like Facebook or Instagram Overcast is a, a really popular podcasting app. They allow for ads directly within the app to your podcast and then things like a, a local or a trade publication. So if you're running a, a more locally focused podcast, something to think about. And then in terms of search engines, you know, Google is obviously the big one, but Quora is a really interesting option for some folks because it's more of like a question and answer thing where um, somebody posts a question and you can target to specific questions or specific keywords or topics within Quora. So this might be an interesting way to, to look at paying to acquire you know, visitors to your site and then you can convert them into listeners. Leveraging organic social media, I think is something that if you already have a strong social media presence, this is the one that makes the most sense. Um, this is probably how you would consider getting started anyhow. And this, we have this in here and we have email marketing in here as well in a couple of slides, because the, the point with this is kind of, if you already have an asset in, in an asset being like a lot of social media followers on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or you have a large email list, that's where you should definitely start. And that's where you're already connecting with people. So they're going to be most receptive to hearing your message. And it's it's just like kind of a low friction way to, to get started with growing your audience. And if you're just starting out, this is definitely the way to go. Uh, along a similar line, like there's no sense in like reinventing the wheel and going and finding a whole new audience if you already have one. So if you already have blog, blog traffic, or you already have email subscribers, you're a YouTube, you're a YouTuber, that's the place you should be talking about your podcast and then funneling people from this, you know, from one type of content over to, to your podcast. Creating a community 
around your podcast is I think in the long run, and maybe like if you really want to scale your podcast up to a really significant level, this is the place to invest the, the time and energy. And the reason is like podcasting is a really interesting medium because like we talk and our audience listens and there's no dialogue, right? There's no back and forth. There's no bouncing ideas around or seeing how people feel about what you're saying. And a community in whatever form you want to use is the the answer to that, right? It's the discussion in between episodes that that can help facilitate this multi-way uh, conversation that, that maybe you're starting within the podcast episode. And then you can continue it somewhere else because just the medium of podcasting isn't conducive to this. A Facebook group is something that we've seen a lot of people be really successful at and creating a strong community. So it's definitely worth considering. Giveaways is is something that I would probably reserve maybe just for the launch period of a new podcast. It's not something I would do on a regular basis, maybe like once a year or something. And the idea here is there are these tools that run like viral giveaways. And you could say something like, I'm going to give an iPad away to, you know, one lucky entrant, right? Uh, and so the idea is you're going to go get hundreds or thousands of people signing up for your email list uh, in, the, in the hopes of winning this iPad. And the the challenge and the trouble really there is like then kind of bringing those people through to being listeners and being fans and things like that. But especially if you're starting from nothing or you have a low, you know, a small audience, um, this is a way to, to get a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of traction in your in your growth channels, and then it would be up to you though to to take and convert those people to to subscribers and audience members. Um, but this is a cool way to to really kickstart something. If you're you're starting from scratch or you're rebooting your podcast or something like that, um, this will definitely move the needle uh, in the short term. It's just a matter of kind of what you can do with folks after that. And the last one really is is kind of a catch all, and maybe this is a cop out on my on my end, but. Um, is just to, to think like a marketer. Uh, and I, marketing has a, a negative connotation for some folks. In my previous life, I was a salesperson, so that's like even worse. But <laughs> I think that, you know, if you have a podcast, it's because you want to share your voice with the world and with people in your kind of space. And and to, to really feel good and comfortable about that, to say, like, I'm creating this content and this content is awesome. And my audience, my potential audience is better off because they're hearing my podcast. And, and I think that if you can get your mind around that, then you'll start weaving it into all aspects of, of your brand, things that you're already doing. And I have in here kind of being cross-platform, and it really is like your, your message should be consistent for your podcast and for your blog content. And if you're on YouTube and your social media and your email and all these kind of things. And so like the podcast should fit in with all of those other things that you're already doing. Um, and think about promoting your podcast as much as you're promoting other things It is kind of the message there. And I think if you look at really successful podcasters in your space or in a lot of spaces, the, the podcast is an integral part of, of things that they're already doing. Uh, and it's just woven right in. So there's the nine tactics that, that I put together and really they're, they're ideas and they're things that you can try. They, these are all things that we could spend an hour talking about how to execute them. And there's a ton that's been written about all of this stuff but wanted to, to kind of spur some thoughts, some conversation maybe about, you know, kind of what, what each of these means, how we can get started with them, uh, maybe what's worked and what hasn't worked. And from here, we are going to roll into the questions aspect of, of the webinar. And just like some kind of housekeeping stuff, if you haven't already, scroll down to the bottom of the page in the webinar software here and, and ask the questions. I know we have some questions there and we have some things in chat. And the questions can be anything. It doesn't have to be around how to grow your audience. It could be how to get started, what 
microphone to use, what hosting software to use, what what is an RSS feed, anything goes really. So uh, just yep, scroll down, ask away. Uh, we'll take these kind of in as they come. Uh, Denise is triaging them and we will get started with questions now. Great. So let's start with Leonard's question. He mentioned, how do I email other people in my podcasting space? Basically, how does he get larger podcasts to want to talk to him? Uh, so for me, this is, we want to learn more about how do you pitch yourself to be on other podcasts? Should he feel intimidated or should he not? Uh, you should definitely not. And I think that the the approach I would take here, Leonard, is I don't know what space you're in, but but to go pitch Tim Ferriss tomorrow probably is not a great idea, right? But who is a person in your space that is maybe like one step ahead of you in this journey. And so they have a bigger audience than you do. They've been at this a while. They understand kind of what you're going through. And so they're, they're it's two things. They're more kind of compassionate to where you are and they're more likely to, to help you out by having you on their show. But, and this is the really key thing about guest appearing and having guests on your show is it's not the the name of somebody that is the most important always, right? So having a huge name, Having Michelle Obama on my podcast is not necessarily the best thing for my podcast because, I mean, it'd be great. I would love to talk to her. Uh, and it would be a huge name to just have like all over the homepage of my website. But Michelle Obama is not going to drive a lot of other listeners and new audience members to my podcast. Uh, and the, the people that are going to do that are people that are really close to you and your audience and the, the phase of your kind of journey. And so those are the people that are going to make the biggest difference with growing your audience is for you to guest appear on a podcast or have someone on your podcast, and hopefully they'll share it out on social media or an email or something. But but people that are one or two steps ahead of where you are in, in your journey is both the, the easiest, but also will, will make the most impact on on actually you know growing your show. Great. So taking a step backwards, uh, thinking more about hosting softwares and really just the basics of getting started, both Tammy and Terrence had questions on what hosting softwares to use and really what should they be looking for um, in a hosting software as they're doing their research. Yep. So try to be general here and not biased. So Castos is a hosting platform and would love for you to check it out if you haven't already. But that is a disclaimer. The kind of idea with the hosting platform is you need a place for your podcast to live. And that means two different things. One is you need a place to store your audio files or video, as Terrence is talking about, because Apple Podcast and Spotify aren't the place that you publish your podcast to. So you publish your podcast to the place where your RSS feed lives. And for a lot of people, this is their media hosting platform. So a platform like Castos, or you've heard things like SoundCloud or Simplecast, right? These are all... Uh, media hosting platforms, and they're the place where the files actually live and where your RSS feed will be kind of created and where you can manage that. And then the RSS feed is the thing that then Apple Podcast and Stitcher and Spotify all read to then display information about your show. Um, so, so that's really what to look for, kind of like why you need a hosting platform is those two things, to store and distribute files to your listeners and then to create and manage your RSS feed. And, and the things I would say to look for is you probably want to make sure that the hosting platform that you're going with is aligned with your goals. And so if you're publishing a lot of content, you probably don't want to have a hosting platform that has a cap on how much you can publish every month. If you want to do things like publish video, you want to make sure the, the platform you're choosing has video capabilities and not just audio. And then talking specifically about Castos, and this is kind of the same for some other platforms, is there are small differences in things that each of these platforms do 
Um, like for instance, Kestis, we have a feature called YouTube Republishing where we take an audio only format, convert it to video files and publish it to your YouTube channel for you. So this is a cool way to repurpose your content and allow you to reach a broader audience. You know, all these people on YouTube that uh, are, are searching for content and you might stumble upon your podcast serendipitously. So those are the few things I can think of off the top of my head that I would really look at with with the hosting platform. With being as objective as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Digging more into the video format, can you dig into the benefits of republishing your audio content to YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the biggest thing is, but there, there's two ways to go about around video. One is to record video like this. And you can do that with like a webinar software or something like Zoom or just record it locally and then publish it to YouTube kind of directly. And that's certainly one way to do it. The other way to do it, as I kind of alluded to, is to use a tool like our YouTube republishing, where all you have to do is record audio, which is easier because this is stressful and complicated. And it's it's a lot harder to edit video. If this was audio only, then the couple of times when the dog was barking, uh, we would have edited it out, but we can't do that with video because it just is weird. So So you can record just audio and then create a, a fixed background video file basically automatically and, and it can get published to YouTube. And so that's what our, our YouTube republishing feature is all about is allowing you to, to have the easy way to record just audio content and then it, the, the content still ending up on YouTube so your audience can find you. And the goal really with all this is to distribute your podcast to as many places as possible because you don't want to ask your audience to go find you in this little you know unknown distribution place, right? You want to say my podcast is everywhere you listen to podcasts or consume content. Uh, and so you don't have to go out of your, you can say to your audience, you don't have to go out of your way to find my podcast. Amazing. You touched a little bit upon editing and Tammy had some questions just in general about editing. Um, what are your best practices? What's kind of your ratio with recording to editing as you uh, produce your own podcast? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, and a really good way to kind of frame the, the question uh, or the topic. We so I edit my own podcast every once in a while. We have a team that, that does it sometimes too. And I spend about twice as long as the episode ends up being in editing. So if the episode is 30 minutes finished, I spend about an hour editing. And what I do is I use a tool called Audacity and it's open source, means it's free. It's cross-platform, so it works on a Windows or a Mac computer. And I load up all the files in there. I have some templates put together so that I don't have to kind of start from scratch every time. Yep. So I, you know, kind of start the episode running from there. And I typically am doing something else at the same time. So I kind of multitask my way through the editing process and really just cut out the big chunks, the misspeakings or the dog barking or the the trash truck out front or whatever that, that are the big the big problems. But I think you know, the Tammy, the, the question to ask yourself is what kind of podcast do you want in terms of do you want a really conversational type podcast or do you want something that's really highly produced? Um, and the, the decision there is a few things. One is a really highly produced podcast is really difficult and takes a lot of time. A really conversational podcast is easier, takes less time, might sound more genuine because it's just like you having a conversation with a friend or a colleague, whereas a really highly produced podcast can sound really weird if if you're not really experienced with it. So there's not an answer, right? But that's that's kind of the decision making framework that I would use to kind of ask yourself those questions and then decide kind of where you want to go from there. 
That's a good lead into to Rob's question. He's his business is brand new. He's a sobriety coach, and he wants to know kind of your thoughts on whether or not starting a podcast uh, would be the right avenue for him, as opposed to other kind of mediums of content. From your point of view, what's what are the benefits of starting a podcast? Yeah, Rob, I think you are in a really interesting position there and, and a really cool opportunity to consider a podcast. And so there's that, you know, we don't have yes or no answers here. They're all kind of maybes and me giving kind of things to think about. But but the things I would I would think about are are you already creating content around this space? And so so for most folks that starts with like being a blog. If you are, then could you have different conversations or with different types of people if you started a podcast? And I say this because especially, Rob, I would guess in your kind of world and the topic that you're going to be talking about, it's a really emotional and sensitive topic. And so to to talk about that in a blog, I can imagine kind of loses some of the the emotion of it. And you you would you would kind of end up with something that's a little like sterilized. Um, but to have someone on your podcast where they talk about the struggle of of their sobriety and kind of getting through the the tough times and things like that for me would make for much more interesting audio content than blog content. Um, so, so I would kind of ask yourself, like, can you create really interesting content via the audio medium that you either can't or don't want to, or haven't been created creating as, as like in written content or in a YouTube channel or something like that. I would say you, you might have some things to think about specifically around like anonymity and things like that, right? Like Rob, this is just for your case. Uh, but that is definitely something to think about is like, you're going to be sharing, really intimate details of someone's life. And so like how comfortable you and they are with that is, is a question. I think everyone has to answer of like how far to take that. Cause that is the most interesting content in a lot of ways. Um, but it also kind of skirts on uh, some of these conversations that we don't want to have, or don't want to make, you know, kind of public to the world. Absolutely. And Tammy chimed in with a really nice uh, point as well, that conversational podcasts uh, are great for people who are interested in mental health issues and wellness strategies and advocacy. Um, So thanks for that tip, Tammy, as well. So in a similar vein, Terrence is thinking about naming his podcast. So he's asking, should I do a name search before naming my podcast? What else, what are the things he should be considering as he is trying to name his show? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Not as much because you don't want to be caught like infringing on someone else's you know, trademarked name or something like that, that that's definitely a concern and something you should, you should think about because like the worst possible thing would be to name your podcast the same as someone else. I have a friend who runs a podcast called How I Built It. And he started a couple of months before NPR launched their How I Built It podcast. And he just gets smothered. Uh, and so he, he, he did a name search. It didn't exist. And they still came in on top of him or after him. And from just a name recognition standpoint, it's killing him. And he's probably gonna have to like rebrand this podcast to something more unique. I think people who have really common names or, you know, a name of a a famous person can relate to this too. So if your name is Michael Jordan, nobody is going to find you online, right? They're going to find the basketball player. So, so that's something to think about that. Like, what are the chances this, another podcast can come out with this name? Is there another podcast with this name out already? Not to mention like the potential, like real legal kind of issues that could come up if you name it, you know, something that's already trademarked or patented. Perfect. Um, So taking a step back to editing and kind of recording your podcast, Leonard had a question about Audacity, and he's been struggling to record multiple microphone inputs. Do you have a setup or any other recommendations on how to record multiple microphones? I think, and I don't know because I don't, I've only ever done like two podcast episodes that were recorded in person. They're always remote, kind of like this or over something like Zencaster. I suppose you will need to have something like a preamp 
or a box that you can plug both microphones into and then plug that into your computer. And you should be able to select the multiple inputs that you want to have within Audacity from there. Um, but I don't have like firsthand experience doing this, but that would be the approach I would want to take. Great. Matt's chiming in with some uh, additional tips as well. Uh, thanks, Matt. So going back to taking another step back to naming, uh, Tammy's asking if she should trademark her name, if there are benefits for that. Yeah, I think especially like if it's tied to a business or you think it might be a business in the future, I, I would. If it's a hobby or, or something that you you think might not ever be something that you're in your livelihood from, uh, I probably wouldn't worry about it. I, I think I can imagine these you know podcast names would be a tough thing to defend in court if it ever came to that. So having a trademark for your name might be helpful, but probably would be pretty difficult to to defend. So yeah, I would say depending on how kind of seriously you're taking it and how seriously you think it will end up being, uh, you know, maybe if it's going to be really serious, I probably would go to the extra kind of trouble and cost. Yep. How do you how do you trademark a podcast name? I would guess you trademark it just like any other name, like a brand name. But again, I don't I don't have firsthand experience over this. I would uh, I would go to something like LegalZoom maybe and ask them uh, to see if they could help you. Those those are kind of like legal services on demand. So Matt's asking, when you have guests on a podcast, do you have to send them anything beforehand? Do you send them recording tips or the episode outline or maybe even script suggestions? What's kind of your best practice when you have guests on your podcast? Yeah, 100%, Matt. Um, that's a really great point. This is something where, what's the saying? Like an ounce of prevention is a pound of result in the end. Uh, so if you can send your guest like just a template email or create a PDF one time and send it to every guest, and there's automation you can put into place with like, you know, a lot of these tools like Zapier to send this to someone every time is, is they need to be in a quiet place with the door closed and like the windows closed and the air conditioning or the fan off. They need to have a good microphone. And if they don't have a good microphone, then just the, the, the Apple earbuds or, or the earbuds that come with their phone are fine. But what's not fine is like using speaker, the, the, the computer speaker. To, to capture their audio. Additionally, you want to use headphones so that when the sound is coming out of it, so that the sound is not coming out of your computer speakers and then your microphone is picking it up. So I have an earbud in right now, but I'm talking into this microphone so that I hear what's going on and what Denise is saying, and that's not being picked up by my microphone. So that's kind of like, those are a few kind of basic things that you want to prepare your guests for. And the other thing I would say is, if your guest is in like a low bandwidth situation, so the internet at their home or office or wherever is not great, ask them to close all the other applications on their computer so that as much bandwidth as possible is going towards, uh, you know, the call that you're on. Um, and then Matt, I think settling on how you're going to have these these interviews would be good. Uh, so you know, I, there are tools like Zoom that you can you know, conference calling tools that have free and paid plans. There are tools like Zencaster and Squadcast that do kind of specifically for podcasts do more high fidelity recordings. So yeah, I, I would you know I would probably try to use one of those three tools uh, and whatever you're comfortable with from a technology and cost standpoint. And then your last question about episode outline. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about with um, how highly produced you would like the episode to be and kind of what your vision for what you want the, the podcast to look and feel like. If you want it to be just a conversation with you and a friend or a colleague, then I probably wouldn't send them anything because if you send them these questions that you have in your mind beforehand, then the natural flow of conversation is going to get truncated, right? So you have at, you know, by 20 minutes, I have to get to the third question. 
uh, but you're having a really interesting conversation about something, um, that then that conversation, that whole conversation flow just seems abnormal. So that's one, that's one approach. The other approach is to say, I'm going to ask the same six questions on every podcast episode, no matter what. And that's okay too. But know that when you do that, you give up some of the exploring you can do with your guest. And for me, and this is my opinion for sure, that exploring and that free form discovery of the topic that you're talking about is is the best content. And I think when you're able to do that, that's that's like the magic that your audience really likes. I agree with you there, Craig. Uh, spontaneity, I think, can breed uh, some really interesting conversations. So something to think about as well um, as you send over suggestions to your guests. So taking a uh, another question yeah. from Rob. So he is just starting out uh, and has... I wanted to add a question in here as well. So how many episodes should he record, you know, in order to launch on day one? How much content should he have ready? And then can you also speak to episode volume? How many episodes should people be putting out per week or per month? Uh, what do you typically recommend? Yeah, for sure. So I think to get started depends on how often you want to publish long term. So the most typical is to publish an episode every week. That's hard. I can tell you as someone who has almost 200 podcast episodes in my kind of main podcast, we've missed a lot of weeks. But that's really the goal. I think for most kind of mainstream podcasts is to publish every week, maybe every other week. I would say, Rob, if you don't feel like you can publish every other week, I I probably wouldn't start a podcast right now because if you're going a month in between every time that your audience is listening to your episodes, they're going to go find another podcast to listen to because especially now there's a bajillion podcasts out there. And for you to go a month in between, you know, your, your audience listening to you, they're going to find another way to kind of consume their podcast listening time. Um, so, so to say you're going to have an episode a week or an episode every other week, the typical kind of best way to do this is to launch with two or three episodes on like your launch day. And then plus or minus like with the optional, what we call episode zero. So episode zero is like five minutes for you to say, hey, I'm Rob. This is my podcast. We're going to talk every week with, uh, you know, leaders in the pool cleaning space about whatever, whatever. And this is why you should be listening. And to find out more information, go to my website here or follow me on social media or sign up for my email list or whatever it is. And then episode zero is just like, an introduction to the podcast itself. And then you have two or three quote real episodes that, uh, that will be coming out at that launch time. And then to follow up on the same day at the same time with your regular, you know, release schedule after that. Great. So associated with your episodes, Tammy's asking about the best practices about having um, a summary of your podcast points or the script or other resources you may have referenced within your show um, on your podcast website and then I would also suggest we take this a step further and talk about the benefits of having a podcast website, whether on WordPress or another uh, website hosting software. Yeah. So I think the, the last one is, is definitely worth addressing first is your podcast needs a home. Uh, and the home for your podcast is not iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify because something can change with all of those <laughs> platforms, right? They can go away or they can make people pay to access your content or something like that. Um, you should have as much control of, as possible over your content. And for a lot of people, that means having your own website. But some websites are hard uh, to create, and, and I understand that. But if you have the, the financial and time and kind of technical capacity to create a website, I definitely would. It's just the, the thing you own pretty much entirely and you can you have full control over. So that's one thing. And then to, to the question about 
what kind of written content you should have to go along with your podcast episodes. The term for, yeah, Matt, not to mention SEO benefits to say, hey, come, you know, all of my podcast listeners come back to my website, which you own and not, you know, SoundCloud or something like that. To the point about show notes. So show notes are kind of a term for the written content that goes along with your podcast. And they typically are like a summary of what you talked about. Um, a couple of paragraphs, a couple of bullet points. You know, in this episode, we talked about this and this and this, uh, and then resources or links to things that you mentioned in the podcast. So there, other websites or other podcasts or someone's you know Twitter account or a Facebook group that you're a part of or that you want to share with people. Uh, those are all things that are typically included in show notes, and they're about a page long, maybe a little less than a page, like 500 words, something like that. And there's all different flavors and variety of this out there, but that's kind of generally what you want to try to get after. And Tammy, Eileen from our support team also dropped in one of our uh, blog pieces about podcast show notes. I would encourage you to check it out there as well. Um, we have a lot of information. So Robin has a question about if you already have a podcast, but you've kind of fallen off the every other week format, um, maybe you haven't been as consistent as you want it to be. How do you go about reintroducing your content? Do you start a new series or do you just kind of explain and be pretty honest about the break during your uh, recording your podcast? Yeah, so I think either of those are are perfectly fine. And I would say, Robin, the, the decision I the decision making kind of framework I would use there is if you have a real series that you want to start then I would do that probably, especially if you think that you might go eight or 12 or 20 weeks and then take a couple months off again. Um, it's a lot better to set the expectation with your listeners. Okay. Hey, this is my podcast. It is not every week. It's every week for eight weeks. And then I take three weeks off or it's, you know, whatever, whatever kind of cadence you want to set the expectation with your listeners about, because that, that lets them know, Hey, okay. You know, Robin's podcast is on hiatus. I know we'll be back in three weeks. Cool. Everyone's good with that. Um, because the, the worst thing is for you to go three weeks with your audience, not hearing from you. It sounds like it might, it might be two months, which is fine. It's not the end of the world. You absolutely should start your podcast up and don't start a new one. Um, and you know, if it's, if you're not going to make it a series, then just like you're saying, maybe record an another little episode zero type thing, five minutes and just say, Hey, you know, sorry, it's been a while since you heard from me. A new episode is coming out soon you know, release this a couple of days before your next episode will really come out. We're going to come back and we're going to be talking every week or every other week, or we're going to have a series of 10 episodes or whatever it's going to be. Um, again, it's all about like setting the expectation with your listeners so that they know what to expect from you and your podcast. Um, because I think if, if you don't let them know and you miss a week or two weeks, then they think you're not serious about it. So that's what you want to try to avoid. And speaking back to episodes, Terrence is uh, asking about how long would you suggest each podcast episode typically be? Uh, as long as it needs to be. There's not uh, there's not a right answer or an optimal length. You know, a lot of people quote uh, a podcast episode should be 22 minutes because that's the duration of the average commute in the United States. Uh, but there are a lot of really successful podcasts that are three hours long. Uh, and there are a lot of successful podcasts that are 15 minutes long. So I don't think one is right or wrong. It's just to cover the content you want to talk through. How long do you need? That's how long your podcast should be. <laughs> yes. Matt suggested anywhere between 20 minutes or two and a half hours. So there's uh, a sweet spot for everybody. Yep. For sure. yep, and Tammy, that uh, blog post is over in the chat for the show notes. I'm trying to comment under your question, but it's unfortunately not posting for me. So if you head over to the chat, you'll be able to see it there. So... I think, Denise, that take us through all of our, what is Casto's story? Oh, Matt, that's a big question. <laughs>
Yeah. So Castos is a, a podcast hosting platform. I'm the founder. We've been around for almost three years. Uh, and we are a, a platform that's a bit unique in that we, um, the place where a lot of people really find us and, and love what we do is our WordPress integration through a plugin called Seriously Simple Podcasting. And, uh, and so what this lets you do is manage all of your podcast content from your WordPress site, where you manage all of the other content that you produce, but your files are hosted on, ded on dedicated servers that are meant just to, to store and distribute audio files. And, and so you have the best of both worlds. You have a dedicated hosting platform that stores and distributes your files, but you're able to create and manage both your podcast feed and your episodes right from your WordPress site where you do all of your other content work. Yeah, and so we're uh, we're a small and scrappy team that are uh, hopefully doing a lot of really cool things in the podcasting world and have a lot of really cool things planned for later this year, uh, one of which is what we're calling premium podcasting, which is where you'll be able to, to charge a small fee if you'd like to select subscribers or to select content for select content um, to have access to this. So it's a nice way to monetize your podcast. That's not another, uh, me undies or Casper mattress ad. Um, Rob wants us to take a step back to the, uh, video versus audio version of your podcast. So are there pros and cons to having a video associated with your podcast versus just capturing the audio? Uh, I think the the biggest reason to capture video is well, there's two really good reasons to do it. One is uh, it's really interesting, um, and and I think you know seeing people's faces and their expressions and reactions to to what is going on throughout the course of of an episode can be really powerful. It is quite a bit harder, so you have to be physically in the right place with the right environment and the right lighting and a good webcam and all this kind of stuff. So so technically, it is it is quite a bit harder. It makes editing a whole lot harder than just audio. So those are kind of some reasons you would do it, maybe some pros and cons. Those are the pros and cons of doing it. The reason that you would do it or not do it, um, the, the, the first is to get your content on YouTube and in these video platforms. Tools like our YouTube republishing get around that in a really nice way, I think, by letting you record just audio and then repurpose that into a video file and publish it to YouTube for you so you get that exposure of your podcast being on YouTube without having to record video content. And Rob, as your follow-up question here, yes, you can absolutely repurpose any existing video into a podcast. Um, we do that with this podcast, or with our podcast, and we are repurposing these webinar recordings into podcast episodes. So the first one should be coming out very soon from last week's webinar. Uh, and basically we just rip the audio out of that, mix it together with an intro and outro, edit it down, and it's a podcast episode. So for us, talking about repurposing content from this webinar, from this hour that we'll spend together today, we'll get video. So we'll republish this directly to YouTube because it's like native video first content. Um, and I think that's like a, a decision make that you wanna make is like, is the content you're creating better for video? So a presentation like this is really good for, for video. Um, so from this one thing, we'll re republish this recording to YouTube. We'll create a blog post about it and we'll create a podcast episode about it. So it's a really cool way to, uh, and we'll have a webinar that everyone gets to, to participate in kind of real time, which is the magic uh, of webinars that I think podcasting and doesn't And to piggyback off that, we'll also send an email to everyone who attended today so you guys can access all of these uh, different mediums uh, so you can reference this webinar at a later date as well. Tammy, you're putting me on the spot. That's, uh, it's funny, I almost, that was almost the topic for this week's webinar, uh, Tammy, is how to edit in Audacity. We have a couple of videos on this if you go to our YouTube channel. So just go to YouTube and type in Castos Audacity. Uh, and you should find a, a pretty good uh, tutorial on that. But yep, we're going to talk all about audio editing and Audacity potentially next week. Um, 
So we will follow up on that for sure. Yes, I can drop a drop a link in for both of those editing um, pieces. There's nothing quite as intimidating as doing a live <laughs> demonstration on a webinar. <laughs> but uh, no, I use I use Audacity, like I said, almost every week. It's a wonderful tool. Um, and certainly if you're just getting started, it's a great way to get started because it's free, it's open source, it's cross-platform, so Mac and PC. And there is a metric ton of content out there about how to use Audacity as an audio editing and recording tool. So that's the thing is if you're just recording yourself or you're re recording a couple of people uh, you know, in person, you can use Audacity to record and then to edit. So it's like a you know, multi-purpose multi tool. And I just there. dropped a, a link from our blog post that both has the video from YouTube and a few more tips uh, written out um, so everyone can reference later. Rob's asking, what do you use to edit video? Uh, I don't edit video, so I don't have an answer there. I think there's a program on my computer, iMovie, that I have done a very little bit of video editing with. And the other tool that I have used to capture and then edit the captured video is Camtasia, I want to say. Camtasia, ah, yeah, so Camtasia and ScreenFlow are tools that you can use to to capture video on your computer, and then you can use the same tool to edit it later. Kind of like Audacity with audio, you can record and edit there. Uh, so Camtasia or uh, ScreenFlow for capturing like your desktop or an application or a browser window or whatever, and then you can edit it later. Nice, Matt, I'm opening your Medium article now, uh, Descript Podcast Studio. Craig, have you heard of Descript and have any thoughts? I have not heard of Descript, no. Sorry, Matt, trying to skim now to provide more info. Oh, just announced today. Okay. <laughs> Have to give that one a read. Yeah. So, Matt, I can't, without kind of digging in more of, into more of what this is all about, I can't, I can't talk to it because I haven't used it. But yeah, there are a lot of tools and increasingly just more and more all the time tools around there to make capturing high quality audio and editing and producing it and getting it out there to your audience easier for all of us. Uh, and so I, yeah, I think staying tuned to, to that market and what's going on there is. is uh, and Craig, it looks like the script yep. uh, helps with automatic trans transcriptions of your podcasting episode. So can we speak to kind of how Castos helps in that space and what are the benefits of having a, a transcription of your podcast episodes? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think the, the reasons you would want to transcribe your, your episodes are twofold. One is for accessibility. So folks who are hearing impaired want to consume podcast content, but, but can't. Um, and so to, so to, to create a written uh, version of your podcast episode in full length, so not show notes, which are like a page, but the whole thing. So like a 45-minute podcast episode would be like 15 or 20 pages uh, in a Word document. So to give them access to your podcast content is really important. I think the other reason um, is SEO and kind of that digital footprint of your show. So if you're creating a 500-word show note summary of your podcast, that's great for like Google discovering the written content of, of your podcast on your website. But if you're able to embed a full transcript of the episode, then Google just has a lot more content to digest and to associate, you know, hey, Matt was talking about this specific thing at this part of this episode. I should probably, you know, think this is more important than if you didn't have a mention of that one thing at all in your show notes. Castos offers this as uh, an optional feature. So you basically turn it on once. And then every time you publish a new podcast episode, it's automatically transcribed and then returned to your dashboard. And you can download it as a PDF or embed the full text. You know, it's already right there in your in your Castos account and on your Castos pages. Uh, but if you want to do something like bring it into your 
uh, your WordPress site, you just either download the PDF or grab and copy the the, the content of the transcription and bring it into to your WordPress site um, in lieu of show notes or in addition. Ah, oh, Matt, you weren't wasn't aware of the features. Glad we could turn you on to it. <laughs> Denise, we're not doing a good job if, uh, if folks don't know about this. This is terrible. No, Matt, uh, I'm glad that that could be helpful then. That's great. I think that's everyone. Awesome. Well, we're right at time. So this is wonderful. Thanks to everyone who came out today and asked questions and responded with their kind of input and experiences. I think that's the magic of medium media like this is that, you know, Denise and I can talk a little bit and, and share of our experiences and things that we know and have learned, but that other folks can too. Uh, so thanks for, for everybody who came out and, and participated on all sides. And if anyone has any other questions, feel free to send us an email, uh, hello at castos.com. You'll be getting a follow-up a couple hours after this recording is done with a link to the recording. And uh, you can just respond there and ask us any questions that you might have. Thanks to everyone who came out. And we are going to have another one next Wednesday at noon Eastern again. Uh, and Tammy will probably be talking about audio editing. Um, but if you, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for an email from Denise that will be announcing the registration for the next webinar as well. So thanks so much. And uh, yeah, hope everyone has, thanks, Matt. has a, See you next a great week. week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Podcast Hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting.